course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. Listen to their screams. Greetings and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast that feels like you're chatting with friends. I am one of your friends, Dave. We're joined, as always, by our other friend, Ike. Ike, how are you? Not doing too bad. Not doing too bad. I just uh, sold some stuff on Facebook Marketplace, and I uh, was not uh, kidnapped, and my organs are still inside my body, so I, I guess it's a good day. It's all good. All good when you don't uh, when you don't <laughs> contribute to a folktale. That's, uh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. That's right. I didn't wake up in a, a bathtub of ice with, uh, without a kidney. <laughs> yeah, with a phone taped to your hand. But, That's uh, right. You know, I've always wondered about that tale because it's like, if that happens, right, if they're putting you in a tub of ice with a phone taped to your hand, it's like they're like doing bad shit, but like they're still concerned about you, right? Because they're like trying to preserve you and they're giving you a phone to make sure, you know, they're taping it to your hand to make sure you have it. So it's like they know they're doing something bad, but yet, hey, they still don't want you to, to, to suffer any further indignities so <laughs> they're they're very uh they're very uh what is the word they're very courteous uh criminals you yeah. know the, we we stole we stole an organ but we're not we're not monsters yeah well i don't know they still might be monsters <laughs> but maybe just not for some reason they're monsters that care a little bit so that's right yeah, i mean you know a, a monster with a conscience what do you know <laughs> Thank you for joining us this week for another episode of our podcast. Uh, special thanks, as always, to Kayla and Monica, our wives, for everything they do to support us. And thank you for joining us last episode for a wiser rebuttal, which apparently was another hit online. Apparently, there was uh, feedback on Twitter that, yes, they love the wives. And, uh, you know, and Monica got props for being argumentative. I don't know that people should be encouraging this behavior. <laughs> I mean, if they only knew the impact on my life, if they by encouraging this, but uh, oh well, whatever. Uh, I'm glad everybody enjoyed it and uh, and had fun with it, and uh, I'm glad they're entertained when they come on because it is fun. It is fun to have a a different approach to discussing discussing a movie and have some some different input and insight. So thanks to them for coming on and doing that. This episode, we're reviewing Cobweb, a movie that's put out by Lionsgate that had a limited theater run and is now available video on demand. We're going to get into all that, the logistics, our opinions, and everything about that later in the show. But before we get there, Ike, outside of uh, surviving any stolen kidney scares, uh, what else you been up to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, outside of, you know, selling stuff on Facebook, which is a, is a horror show in of itself sometimes. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's always a good time uh outside of that you know uh honestly i've been kind of busy uh this last week or so so i've been trying to uh you know get caught up on some stuff with work and everything else just you know you know how life goes but um i did have a chance to start a show called from um it's on prime amazon prime uh you you have to have like the mgm plus expansion or whatever um for for god knows what reason i I didn't even know mgm still made stuff like that but uh (laughs) you know know. has mgm not been folded into something else yet and just dissolved i don't understand well i that's what i thought too i said surely mgm's folded into another company i could clearly not because none of their stuff is like streaming places as i found Hmm. and specifically this show which first of all from it's a fantastic show it's like a supernatural horror thriller type show um and, and it's really cool. Really, honestly, it's a great show. Um, it, it's very well done. I, I finished the first season. We're in the second season. I believe there's a third season on the way. But yeah, it's super weird because the only way you can watch this is first and foremost, you have to have Amazon Prime. And then you also have to have the MGM Plus expansion. Now, I'm sure you could probably get the MGM Plus expansion without Amazon Prime. But it's just a very weird prerequisite that this, first of all, has to exist. But also that, you know, that's that's how it's, you know, set up. So, yeah. So if you're interested, take a few steps down Amazon Prime Lane and um, spend about twenty dollars. But, you know, (laughs) it's almost like they don't want anybody to watch the show. You know, make it complicated. Right. I think I think the uh, my my next it's not even a horror hot take. My next hot take will probably be bitching about shit like that. But, you know, I'm, I'm just kid. But, you know, but for real, though, it's super weird that. 
I mean, because like Amazon has like all those different expansions. They got like the cartoon, there's like a cartoon expansion for like Cartoon Network. And it's yeah. like, it's like this weird like video game DLC thing where like you, you get the base game, but if you really want to enjoy the game, you have to buy the DLC. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. Amazon Prime is like my least favorite of streaming services. And it's not because of the content, Same. it's just because of the layout and the way it works. And it's like, Man, just simplify that crap. Do something. I don't care if you bump the price up and throw it all in there. Just do something to simplify it because I don't know. And then it just they're I don't know. I think they're their layout and their structure of their apps and stuff is kind of odd, too. It's just not a, it's not conducive it and user friendly. But um, I don't know. I still have it, but I pretty much <laughs> have it all. But it is literally I, I literally use it probably the least of like anything. Uh, well, so. I was I was gonna say too before we move on just because I like shitting on it. Um, I have a Fire TV, which is a smart TV, and mm-hmm. it literally has Amazon built into it. And but like the Amazon app on my TV is like the least functioning app that I have. Like the Netflix app works good, the Hulu app works good, Peacock, you know, Paramount Plus, which is also a shitty app, it still works yes. better than the than the Amazon app somehow. Um, well- <laughs> I mean, it's a, Fire is an Amazon product, right? So it's like you would think. It sure is. <laughs> uh, but hey, if we're, if we're bitching on apps, let me jump on and say, well, I love the content. AMC and Shudder. That, oh that AMC Plus and Shudder. If you get – if you're watching something and you have to pause it and you get booted out or whatever or you know timed out and you have to go back in, have you ever experienced that you can't, you don't, it, sometimes it doesn't, there's no resume. It yep. doesn't pick up where you left off. And then you have to sit, there's no chapters. So you have to scan through and try to find your, your spot. It is so annoying. I'm like, guys, come on. This is not, this is not rocket science stuff to, to put in a resume function or to put in some chapters or something to be able to find your point back. I get so frustrated with that app and, and, there's so much on there that I, I watch because, I mean, there's AMC stuff plus, plus stuff, which I watch, but then all the Shutter stuff. So I love the content, but it's like the app itself drives me nuts sometimes. Yeah, I was going to say, with with the app for AMC Plus, one gripe that I have is that the Shutter app works great. You know, we I used to have sh- the Shutter subscription a long mm-hmm. time ago, and mm-hmm. it was just Shutter, And the yeah. Shutter app was fantastic. But ever since they migrated it into AMC Plus, which obviously was probably a good idea, financially speaking and business wise, like I get why they did it. It makes perfect sense. But at the same time, like the AMC Plus app, for the most part, runs OK-ish. But you're 100 percent correct. If you're watching something, I remember I was watching The Walking Dead, um, the the new one, the Negan one, the Dead City or whatever. Right. And I was in the middle of an episode and I had to pause I had to pause, and this might be TMI, but I had to use the bathroom. I had to go number two, so I had to pause. You can't, you, you, I can't just go and pee real quick and run back. I have to go and sit down. It's gonna, it's a process. <laughs> so I, I had to pause. I went to the bathroom. When I came back, it was at that screen where it says resume or restart. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, surely if I hit resume, that's just gonna throw me back in where I was. I was, I, I'm a buffoon, an absolute fool. It didn't start me back where I was. It just started the whole thing over. And I'm like, I hit fucking resume. What do you mean it started me over? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Drives me nuts. I'm, and it's like, come on, it's been forever. Upgrade the app, right? Make some, make some yes. corrections. Do some upgrades. It's like every other app evolves, and 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 there, you see little tweaks here and there, and they fix bugs. And it's like, the AMC app is just, it's like they've never, never improved. It's like it's it is like still like the day one app from what I could tell. And I'm like, come on, guys, do better. I mean, you've got some quality stuff on there. You're, you're doing good. You, you got to be. Come on. Be user like, friendly. Like I hate Netflix because just for the simple facts, because they do the whole like, you know, you can't have more than one person from different like a different household yes. watching on your thing. You get to pay more, all that dumb shit. So I hate Netflix for that. But I have to give Netflix at least one prop is that their app is incredibly intuitive and incredibly user friendly and it runs like a dream most of the time. So I have to give yeah. Netflix that. But it definitely AMC Plus needs to take a book, a page out of their book, because the, the AMC Plus app is is a is a hot mess. It's, it's a little bit of a dumpster fire sometimes. 
It is. It drives me nuts. And as, we just may have to just dive into one day and just rank like the apps based on functionality, not I'll on content, that, right. on functionality, <laughs> because I have, I've got opinions there, and, and it drives me nuts. But, uh, one of these days will be a tech podcast, I'm kidding. I guess. <laughs> but they all have horror content, so it's like people are wanting they to you know, use it. So we're, we're going to talk so – someday we'll talk about the functionality side of some of these. We'll do like a bonus episode or something. And, and talk about functionality of apps because, man, it drives me nuts. I'm like, there are basic functions that should be there in, in every app. Basic, basic, just user-friendly things. And when it's uh, when it's hard, it, it drives me nuts. So you don't want to get me too started because I, a lot of the watching I do, like if I'm working during the day and like I want to have something on the background, I, I have an older iPad that I use. So don't even get me started about how 90% of these apps don't have a modern iOS app friendly or they don't have a app that's uh, functional with an older iOS. It's a whole thing. Like, don't even get me started, yeah. man. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that someday, but I'm, I'm not going to get all forked up on that today. I've not, <laughs> I've not had quite enough to drink yet. So, um, <laughs> But uh, not saying I haven't had some to drink, just not enough. And, uh, right. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so I don't really have much to talk about. I haven't really watched much of hardly anything. I have been so busy. Uh, work's been busy. I've just been swamped with meetings and, and team calls. And I, I don't know why it's so crazy right now, but it is. And, um, and so I've just – I've been totally off my game on watching. And it's just literally I'm throwing stuff on in the background and um, not even paying any attention. So when I do that, it's, it's, it's something – it's just white noise stuff. So it's nothing important. Right. Uh, I am almost, we are almost, me and Monica are almost through our, our latest watch through of Supernatural. We're, we're deep into season 15, so we're about to come around the bend and start it again. Uh, I don't even know how many times we've, we've seen it now, and it's just, it's just concurrently. We just watch one and then start back over. We just, that's what we do. That is our, our evening and our nighttime, our show, because it's like, you know, if we're, if we're doing something else or chatting, it's, you know, it's okay to half pay attention. We've know enough of it. Or if we doze off for a minute, it's okay because we've seen it enough times. It's our comfort show. So I'm almost through that again, but like I said, we always watch that. But uh, yeah, I don't have anything new that I've watched. I've not watched anything on the on the list I was watching. I've not seek anything out to watch. I was going to watch Elevator Game this weekend. We'll talk about that in the news here in a little bit. That wasn't an <laughs> option. So, yep, nothing new for me to talk about um, as far as viewing. So nothing exciting there. But what is exciting is our rotating weekly segment. So let's dive into that for this episode. Truths in an AI. And this week, we are on Two Truths in an AI. This is one of our, our listeners really enjoy this. They think this is a very, uh, we've got lots of feedback that this is a, a very creative segment. And what it is, is we have, I got three movie descriptions that I'm going to read to Ike. Two of these are actual, real movie descriptions, and one of them was generated by an AI. Now, my wife, Monica, did this, so I have no insight, no input, no no nothing. And she tries to tweak it where that doesn't sound completely kind of robotic. Where they, they all kind of flow. She's hoping to get them to the point where they all flow the same so you can't tell by, you know, like syntax and grammar and things like that. Right. So uh, we, we got these three choices, and Ike tries to guess which one was produced by an AI. Uh, typically, she tries to keep them related to our topic for the week, I don't know that she did so much this week because I don't know that she was real familiar with Cobweb. But anyway, she tries to keep them similar, similarly themed uh, so that one's not like, you know, just jumps out at you. So, so Ike, are you ready to dive in to Two Truths and an AI? I sure am. All right. Here is our description number one. It's graduation night. Five friends set out for a fun night of camping, unaware one friend's past will bring horror and death like they never have never imagined. That's number one. Okay. Number two, a group of high schoolers invite an innocent girl to a weekend party on a secluded beach. While the festivities rage on, the number of revelers begins to drop mysteriously. That is number two. Number three, a group of teens decide to spend a night at a furniture store that the father of one of them owns. Someone else is staying the night too. During the night, someone with a taste for cross-dressing breaks 
begins to pick off the teens during a game of hide and seek. Okay, mm. that is the three. Okay. Now, so, are, do any of them jump out at you where you instantly recognize them? The the third one does. Um, I I don't I cannot think of what the movie is, but I mean it, it sounds like something I, I have either seen or I know of. So All right. I, so you think number three is an actual movie? Yeah, I think number three is an actual movie. Now the first two, both of those are relatively vague. So the first one. Uh, was the they go camping? Is that right, or is that the second one? Yeah, here I'll reread the first two for you. Yeah. Number one, it's graduation night. Five friends set out for a fun night of camping, unaware one friend's past will bring horror and death like they have never imagined. Okay. That is the first one. Number two, a group of high schoolers invite an innocent girl to a weekend party on a secluded ranch. While the festivities rage on, the number of revelers begins to drop mysteriously. Now, I do believe the first time I read that, I may have accidentally read Beach, but it is, it's Ranch. It says Ranch on a secluded ranch. Okay. Both are kind of kind of vague there. I mean, they are. Yeah. So, so I'm trying to think, though. So, so I'm trying to, like, think to myself, the, the ranch one seems a little bit more um, unique. Um just because, like, I think I think camping horror movies is like sort of like a trope, right? right? So, so part of me wants to say that you know number one is the AI because it's like you know it's like camping and whatnot. It's like that's just like a thing, camping. Um, so I, I feel confident that number three is an actual movie just because it it, it was very specific. It had the very specific element of a cross-dressing you know killer, <laughs> which. You know, it's sort of a, you know, it kind of makes me think of like a psycho movie or, you know, something in that ballpark, maybe. So I'm pretty sure number three is a, you know, cut and clean or, you know, chopping mall, maybe that honestly, I think it might be chopping mall, maybe. Um, so I think number three for sure is a, is a is a legitimate movie. So number one and two are the two that I'm kind of I'm, I'm still trying to hone in on. But my my gut is telling me that number two is the AI because I'm thinking to myself, number one is vague enough that it could fit multiple movies. But I think that she wants me to think that I think she wants me to choose number one. (laughs) But I'm not I'm not letting Monica get to me. I'm going to say number two is the AI. Number two is the AI. All right. Here we go. Number one, once again, is it's graduation night. Five friends set out for a fun night of camping. Unaware, one friend's past will bring horror and death like they have never imagined. This is the AI. God damn it. With, with the parameter of graduation, party, and murder. So your your initial gut reaction was correct, and you, you talked yourself out of it. I did. All right, I number two. Indeed. A group of high schoolers invite an innocent girl to a weekend party on a secluded ranch. While the festivities rage on, the number of revelers begins to drop mysteriously. This is called All the Boys Love Mandy Lane from 2006, which is available to rent on Redbox. Hmm. There's a blast from the past, Redbox. (laughs) All right, number three. A group of teens decide to spend a night at a furniture store that the father of one of them owns. Someone else is staying the night, too. During the night, someone with a taste for cross-dressing begins to pick off the teens during a game of hide-and-seek. This is called Hide-and-Go Shriek. From 1988, hmm. which is available on Tubi. Damn, damn. Oh. Yeah, I was, I should have gone with my gut. I, I, I knew yep. number one seemed too vague. I should have, I should have gone with it. It's correct. Number one was the AI. So Ike, you didn't win that round. So uh, the, either the AI is getting smarter, Monica's getting smarter, or you're getting less smart. So I don't know which is which, or maybe it's a combination of all three. Who knows? I should probably stop huffing sharpies. Maybe, maybe, maybe. All right. Well, let's take a break. Let's uh, cap all your Sharpies and put them away. <laughs> Just save a few brain cells. And when we come back, we're going to have the news, birthdays, anniversaries, and upcoming releases. So hang in there. Make sure you subscribe to listen to their screams on your favorite podcast platform. Also, make sure you look us up on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, TikTok, and Slasher. All you have to do is look up Listen to Screams, that is Listen the number two in Screams, and you can find us there. 
Also, make sure you go and buy yourself a Listen to Their Screams t-shirt. You can find all of our shirts at tinyurl.com screams shirts. Spread the news. Spread the news. Spread the news. And we are back with the news. I'm not even going to say it this week. I, I have a I have a recorded like little jingle right. for me. I, I don't even got to say it. All nope, right. Save 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 the vocal cords because that's we got it. We got it for you. That's right. Absolutely. All right. So here we are. Some extra extra read all about it. The news are here. We got a 24 teased an official prop replica of the hand from Talk to Me. Uh, no official word yet on the item. You know, release date, price, anything like that. But it appears to be forthcoming, which is promising. I remember um, when we heard about this, uh, Dave actually texted me a picture or the uh, Twitter post of it, and he's like, I need it. So, you know, I think uh, I think the listen to their screams folks here are probably going to probably going to get ourselves <laughs> at least one of those. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, we uh, we talked about this when we reviewed Talk to Me. We're like, hey, it's it's made for the pickings, right? Make the hand. People will buy that. And lo and behold, it looks like uh, it's coming true. And I'm I'm excited. I need that thing on my shelf. Amen to that. Amen to that. We also have Mike Flanagan, uh, who has a series coming to Netflix. Um, looks like it's going to be in October. It's called Fall of the House of Usher, and it's going to be based on stories uh, from the one and only Edgar Allan Poe. Um, so, of course, you know, if you haven't lived under a rock, you probably have heard the name Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan, um, you know, did such wonderful items as Midnight Mass, The Haunting of Hill House, Gerald's Game, Doctor Sleep. I mean, e- even the wonderful and fantastic movie Hush uh, that Monica <laughs> and Kayla did not like. So uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I will definitely be watching The Fall of the House of Usher. I love Edgar Allan Poe. I love Mike Flanagan. Um, you can bet your bottom dollar that I will be uh, watching that show. Yeah, me too. I would I would watch with either one or the other. I love Poe. I love Flanagan. So I'd watch it with just one of the two. But you got both together. Hey, yeah, let's bring it on. And I love it that it's coming out in October, right? Right in that spooky season. Lay it on us. Let's go. That's right. So Dave almost went full outcast with the hey, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think I, love, I don't think that'll ever happen. <laughs> no, I love outcast. <laughs> that's, that's an oldie, but a goldie. I guess it's not an oldie. Mm-hmm. I guess it's like late 90s. But anyways. Uh, we old enough, right? Old enough. I mean, twenty years old. So I guess that is old. But uh, all right. And and gaming news. Now this is actually really exciting. Um, you know, Dave and I have talked about this actually a few times on previous episodes. So uh, you're probably you probably already heard this news. But on August the 18th, that is a mere two days uh, from our recording and a one day gap of the day in which you will be hearing this. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre video game will be released on PS4, PS5, Xbox, Xbox One, Series S, X, whatever, and also PC. Um, And if I remember correctly, this is coming straight to Games Pass. So for those of us who have uh, purchased Games Pass, you know, we'll have this day one. I am super excited for this. I will definitely be playing this game. Um, I know Dave has even expressed some excitement for this as well. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have any of those platforms to to play on right yet. But uh, so I may have to change that first. But uh, I'm, I'm very excited. I, I you know I would love a Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. So I may have to see what I can do there. Absolutely, and I I would I would venture to guess that similar to the Friday Thirteenth, it will eventually be on Switch. I mean, surely yeah, they'll hopefully. come to Switch. <laughs> but uh, yeah. uh, but right on. So check it out, guys. Coming out here in like a day or two. In addition to that. We also have some very interesting news. So uh, Dave and I have talked about this movie relentlessly. I, I think that this movie gets mentioned so frequently because we talk about Matthew Lillard. We talk about ghosts. We talk about 2000s and 90s movies that we love. But 13 Ghosts is getting a revival as a 13-part spook-filled series. So I have long said, and I have said this for eons and eons and eons, that the 13 Ghosts series should have a uh, the movie should have a series that explains each of the uh, zodiac 
So I'm hoping that that is going to be what this is, that this is going to oh, it, have it is. a little. It is. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they put it up there that each episode will be on each of the, of the ghosts. Yeah, they put that. I believe I've read that somewhere. Yeah, when we – I don't know when we talked about this movie, which time when we discussed it. But, yeah, you brought it up then that it's custom-made to do a series for uh, in this kind of format. But, yeah, I read somewhere – now, again, I don't know if that's official, confirmed, you know, press release kind of information. But what I read said that each episode will focus on each of the ghosts. That's amazing. See, and like you said, I mean, we talked about it too, and it's like it is perfect. I mean, a 13-episode series about 13 ghosts – would be amazing. And you could just make that like the first season. You know what I mean? There's so much material that you could get out of 13 ghosts and it'd still be enjoyable. So I'm 100% looking forward to that. Yeah. Very exciting. Cannot wait. Absolutely. So moving on from the news, we have some upcoming birthdays. We have some pretty good ones this week. I got to say, I mean, I say that every week, but I feel like every week I see a birthday and I'm like, Oh, I love that guy or that girl Mm -hmm. or that, or that they, them. So, Mm -hmm. On August 20th, 1974, we have the beautiful Misha Collins, who is Castiel from Supernatural. He's a wonderful human being. I love yes. I love him so much. You know, he, Misha, it, you know, obviously plays a wonderful person in Supernatural. You know, Castiel's hilarious, but he's a pretty cool dude in real life. You know what I mean? So he um, is such I, such a great guy. He's politically involved. Uh, yes. Such a you know strong supporter. I mean, such just he's such a great man. I mean, he just he is he's. He he's one of those guys that doesn't just talk and say, oh, yeah, I support this. He goes out there and does the work. And and, and so he's uh, I mean, you know, he supported the Ukraine, you know, all that. And I mean, he's just he's done so much and he's a boots on the ground kind of guy. It gets right out there and get and gets dirty and does it. So he's a great guy. Not, I mean, not to mention from, you know, my favorite series of all time and one <laughs> of my favorite characters. So he also played Two-Face briefly in that in Gotham Knights, which only lasted one one season. But uh it's official though. He did he did play Har- Harvey Dent in Two Face. So I thought he was really good as Harvey Dent in Two Face. Personally, I, I know that I, not I, a lot I of people too. like that show, but <laughs> I, I did. I liked it. I wish it hadn't got canceled. But what can you do? What can you do? Uh, on yeah, it's that's, HBO that's going discussion. on a cancel streak. I was gonna say that's a whole another yeah. bag bag of worms to get into. But uh, <laughs> also on August twentieth, uh, just a. A few short years different in 1962, um, we have James Marsters, who plays Spike in the Buffy the Vampire, uh, pardon me, Buffy the Vampire Hunter series. Uh, Obviously, you know, Buffy is a iconic gem in the uh, modern like vampire genre, not only vampires, but also just like supernatural TV shows. You know, it was a pioneer in that genre where, you know, it was they they kind of opened the door, I feel like, for a lot of the modern, you know, sci-fi and everything else TV shows that have been able to, you know, get gain a lot of success. And, you know, uh, Buffy did a lot of really cool stuff. And I, it's definitely worth mentioning, that's for sure. Yeah, it's a great, it's a good show. And uh, and Spike's one of my favorite characters from it. I love Spike. He was, a, you know, the badass vampire in it. And he was just great. Absolutely. And then we have a couple of uh, honestly, these are legendary masters of, of the of the craft, if you will. August twentieth, eighteen ninety, we have the demented mind of H.P. Lovecraft. Um, you know, H.P. Lovecraft. You know, he's done many of things, obviously, but I think the thing that most people probably know him for is, you know, his his call was called called Cthulhu or something to that mm-hmm. regard. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm not super familiar with H.P. Lovecraft. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I know of Cthulhu, so, you know, that's pretty much the extent of my knowledge. But I know that he's a legendary author who has made a great number of books. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, he's written a lot of stuff. I mean, he wrote the, the story about Herbert West uh, and the reanimator that spawned, you know, what they used to base reanimator on. Um, right. Yeah, and, and lots of other things. I mean, he's, yeah, a great, great author. Uh, very, very creative. Um, you know, and, and there's there's a whole there's a whole there's a whole lot of story just about the man. Uh, he's, he's a fascinating dude, but uh, yeah, he's, I mean, definitely one of the greatest horror authors of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then another wonderful uh, author, you know, speaking, speaking of authors, another wonderful author uh, who was born on August 22nd, 1920. So very, very close to H.P. Lovecraft. We have Ray Bradbury, uh, Ray Bradbury, of course, you know, 
Fahrenheit 451, something wicked this way comes. Um, mm-hmm. The Martian Chronicles. I can't think of any more off the top of my head, but those are three that I know of. Um, yeah. Fahrenheit 451 is a very timely book in this uh, current day and age, not to get too political. But, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> he's obviously a legendary author who we actually didn't lose that long ago. I think like 11 years ago, 2012, maybe. Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so, I mean he's he's a little more a little more sci-fi, but there's enough there that it, it warrants mentioning. But uh, I had to put him in there because Ray Bradbury is absolutely one of my favorite authors of all time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, moving on from birthdays, we do have some upcoming movie anniversaries. Uh, four to be specific. Uh, we have uh, on August nineteenth, nineteen eighty-eight, Nightmare on Elm Street four, The Dream Master. Um, Dave and I have always talked about how Dream Warriors is probably one of the best uh, sequels in all of horror franchise. Dream Master is not too bad, um, better than some of the other movies, uh, but you know, still nonetheless a good movie. I enjoy it on occasion for sure. Yeah, yeah, me too. And if you want to hear our full scoop on it, we have a we have a nightmare episode out there that you can go back where we ranked them and and we talk about the movie. So absolutely, absolutely. And then on August 21st, 1981, we have an American Werewolf in London. I've never seen that film, but I've, you know, heard a oh. lot about it. <laughs> oh, it's an absolute classic. See, you got to watch it. There's so many, I mean, there's so many like top shelf movies you haven't seen yet. You have to see an American Werewolf in London. You have to see a Silence of the Lambs. You have to see the Monster Squad. Those three right there are like top shelf, and you <laughs> haven't seen them yet. I mean, you got to put those on the list. You got to watch those. But American I, Werewolf in London is, is just absolutely spectacular no i i have a movies to watch like list on my phone so like if i ever have time which i mean i very rarely do but if i ever have time to like you know sit down devote some time to like a movie i've never seen i i I pull from this list for sure (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's uh it's it's a great movie absolutely i you know like i said i've heard lots about it i just never had a chance to watch it so i'll have to change that Mm -hmm. but uh and we also have an August 22nd, 1986, a Texas or the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is it, it really embraces sort of like the goofiness of like, you know, the, the whole Motley crew that, you know, you get with the I can't remember their names now. Uh, Texas, you know, uh, Leatherface yeah. and Clan, um, the family. The family. Yeah. So it's really goofy. You know, it, it definitely embraces comedy a lot. Um, whereas later yeah. films like the remakes and stuff are definitely more geared towards horror, but it, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is definitely your not so atypical, like eighties, you know, goo- cheese fest. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a little goofy, but it's still a fun movie to watch. And yeah. uh, it's, it's been a while since I've seen it, but it, I've always, I always enjoy it. I mean, it's, it is not the, the, the classic of the, the original or anything like that, but it's, it's still a fun movie to watch. Oh yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And then uh, last but certainly not least, we have August 23rd, 1985, we have Teen Wolf. Uh, Michael J. Fox, of course, uh, being the original Teen Wolf. We're not talking about that 2010s uh, remake on uh, MTV. No, 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 no. (laughs) This this, Teen Wolf is a piece of my childhood. This is the movie i mean it it's not really scary but it's it's fun it's uh such a it is just such a fun movie i mean it's so cool uh, but it's a lot of i mean you know a lot of kids expo- first exposure to a, you know a werewolf or a monster it was in you know a movie like this so absolutely absolutely i have seen teen wolf uh before we get too far i have seen this movie so i good. i can at least say that but uh, very good, very good. So that's all we have for upcoming movie anniversaries. Check those out, of course. But we also have some upcoming releases. Uh, we talked about this last week, and uh, much to, to our dismay, uh, Shudder's Elevator Game had its uh, release pushed back to September the 15th. Now, my wife was very sad about this. She was actually uh, she was like, man, I really wanted to watch that. She was really excited for it. But it got pushed back to September 15th, so... Um, yeah. You know, we mentioned it in previous episodes, so if you want to catch it, it'll be on Shutter September 2015 or sorry, <laughs> September 15th. You have to go back in time to watch this some bitch. Let me tell you yeah, what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really odd because I didn't I didn't see anything about this till after I actually went on to watch it, and I looked it up and I'm like, well, it's not on there. What's what is going on? So then I did a little you know a little Google and it came up pretty quick that it got pushed. And I was like, huh. 
But I didn't see any reasoning. I don't know what, what the deal was, but that's disappointing. I was looking forward to watching it, but that's all right. It'll be there in September. That's absolutely right. It's not going anywhere. Uh, I hope not. And then uh, we also have a Bad Things is Coming to Shudder on August the 18th. It is described as a fr- group of friends go to a hotel for a weekend getaway and soon discover that women do bad things here. Um, I, I have heard a little bit about this. Not a whole lot, though. But um, I haven't seen like a trailer or anything. But I, I have heard some stuff about this. And I, I mean, from what I've heard preliminarily, some of the things that I've seen that it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it seems fun. It's on like it's on Shutter. It's kind of one of their things, your unique uh, movies, you know, original to them. Uh, and I, I typically end up watching those. So this won't be any different. I'll watch it. I'm sure it'll be fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. And then we also have Subject. It's coming to Screenbox on August 22nd. And it is described as an, uh, it's, pardon me, it's described as on his way to prison, a man gets intercepted by a secretive government agency who tasks him to monitor a secret experiment in exchange for commuting his sentence. And we will actually be reviewing the subject next episode. Um, obviously, I love Screenbox. Anything that comes from that must be at least somewhat good. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, I do. It sounds interesting. I mean, the concept kind of it's kind of it sounds like it's you know it's a monster movie type thing uh, and everything, but it's yeah, it's kind of a uh, I kind of like the angle they go to, right? You know, in exchange for commuting a sentence, you know, he gets to do this. I, I like that approach. It's a little different, so I'm hoping it works. Uh, but yeah, we'll and, we'll talk about that next episode. Well, and and so one small thing, and I obviously I've not Googled this, um, but you know there was the movie Creepypasta mm-hmm. uh, from Screenbox as well. Mm-hmm. So there is a, another kind of Creepypasta esque um, concept that's called SCP. So SCP is a uh, it, it, it's like a, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's a meme, but it's like kind of like an online thing, but it's like these monsters and SCP stands for secure, contain and protect. So basically um, there's like this whole like community about SCP. It's like an internet phenomenon. And basically people create like these characters and they give them numbers. So it's like SCP 001 is the original SCP or SCP, this, that, the other. So, I almost wonder if this movie is somehow related to that because there is like an SCP that requires monitoring and just based on their previous history, I, I wonder if they're trying to like bring it to life. So that could be interesting too. Maybe we'll see. We'll talk about it next week and we'll find That's out. Right. That is absolutely right. But uh, with that in mind, one last thing for everyone here. Now um, I know some people have, you know, mi- mixed thoughts on this, but American Horror Story Delicate will premiere on September the 20th. Um, I have not actually caught up on the most recent season of uh, American Horror Story. So um, but if I remember correctly, doesn't this isn't like Kim Kardashian in this season or something? She is. I don't know how big I don't think she has a super big role. But, yeah, she's she's in this upcoming season. So we'll see. We we will see. Indeed, that is absolutely right. But uh well, you guys heard the news. You heard the anniversaries, the new releases. You heard me lose to an AI this week. But don't worry. The next one, I will conquer our AI uh, overlords. But uh, in the meantime, as I'm working out the details of that conquering situation, uh, make sure you follow us on social media. Uh, I always like to mention it right now because all the stuff that I just mentioned to you, we're going to give you reminders of it. We're going to post about it. We're going to talk about it. There's going to be discussions available, everything else. So, uh, make sure you check us out on social media. You don't want to miss it. Uh, otherwise, you're an asshole, and you don't want to be an asshole. So, anyways, yeah. <laughs> we're going to move on to our wonderful review of this week's movie. Very anticipated, very awesome, very amazing. Let's talk about Cobweb. Listen to their screams is now a Fangoria collaborator. Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code listen to screams at checkout. That is listen to number two and screams. Or you can click the link in the show notes. Okay, and we are back on listen to their screams. And we're now up to review time. And this week we are discussing Cobweb. It was written by Chris Thomas Devlin and directed by Samuel Bowden. Starring Lizzie Kaplan and Anthony Starr, who was in who's in The Boys. He's a wonderful, wonderful actor. Absolutely love him. 
It was released on July 19, 2023 in a very limited theatrical run, and it's now available video on demand. Uh, the box office gross was just $2,384,850. But like we said, that was a very limited theatrical run. It is described as horror strikes when an eight-year-old boy named Peter tries to investigate the mysterious knocking noises that are coming from inside the walls of his house in a dark secret that his sinister parents kept hidden from him. Uh, I, I was I was so anticipated. I really wanted to go see this movie in a theater. I had heard some good things about it. It intrigued me enough, but there was absolutely nowhere close for me to go see it. So I was I was very disappointed about that. But there was a quick turnaround on video on demand, so I was I was happy about that. So it all worked out. And um, we obviously wanted to review this because we'd heard so much about it. And I have to say, uh, man, I loved it. Movie. It, it had such a cool vibe and cool feel and cool look. It was creepy. It was spooky. It was well acted. Uh, it had one of the best Halloween time of year vibes of, of any movie in a while. I mean, it just, it was right around Halloween. And, and while you didn't, you, you didn't see that, right? You didn't, you weren't over, over indulged in the Halloween stuff. You didn't see trigger treaters, a whole lot and whatever else, but it just, it did, it had that feel. And I mean, there was some stuff in the classroom with the decorations and the carving, the pumpkins. And so it really felt Halloween, uh, Halloween eat to me. And I love that. Uh, but man, this movie was so creepy. I have to say, a- Anthony Starr, he was so good in this movie, and um, he he was, I it was like he was such an asshole, and was just such a freaking prick. But he was that uh, that um, the kind of prick that will like do it and then smile on your face, and and tell you a different story is like, oh, yeah, you're just going to accept this. I don't care what you think. I mean, you know, I mean, with the, you know, the teacher that kept checking on the son and, and all the different things involved in that. And he was just, man, it was so the, the parents were just great. They were so creepy. I felt so bad for the kid, the entire movie, just right out of the gate. Um, that this, this kid was experiencing these kind of parents and this kind of situation and, uh, and where it led, man, the movie just, it was great, man. It was it, it was tense. Um, it was fun, and, and just visually was just. I love the way it was shot. It just it looked so good and so creepy, and it fit the tone of the movie um, so well. So, I, I give me some of your overall feedback on the movie. Yep, absolutely. So, I guess my first thing would be, um, you know, you kind of mentioned it, but I'm honestly really surprised that this movie did not get more of a larger theatrical release. Yeah, um, me too. You know, because, you know, Dave and I kind of talked about this, you know, before, but it was like we both watched this movie on on streaming, of course, but we both afterwards, we had the same thought. We're like, why did this not get a larger theatrical release? I'm not sure if, you know, somebody just didn't pick it up. Maybe Lionsgate was just not really feeling like pushing it. I don't know. But for sure, Cobweb is one of the more underrated movies that I've seen this year. Um, I think it will definitely end up, if I had to give you a guess right now, in my top 10 for this year. Um, but what I would like to say first and foremost about the movie itself is that I had no clue where it was going from, from step one. I was like, I have no idea how this movie is going to end because at first you you get kind of like, you know, and this is some spoiler stuff, you know, we're about to get into some shit that's definitely going to give you some spoilers for the movie, but we start getting in this movie and you start, you know, he's hearing knocks in the wall. You're like, okay, maybe it's a ghost. Okay, well, now somebody's talking to him through some, you know, weird hole in the wall. And you're like, okay, well, there's clearly somebody on the other side of the wall. Or is it like a ghost? And then you start getting into like, you know, the parents are acting shifty. They're acting like they're acting a little sus, a little sussy. Um, so, you know, you're like, okay, they're, they're acting a little weird. So maybe the parents have something to do with this. Maybe it's the parents, you know. And then you're like, oh, shit, maybe somebody is trapped in the wall. And then you're like, well, shit, maybe they should have been trapped in the wall because it's some monster. And so it, it, you, you kind of go through like the seven stages of grief here because you're like, what the hell is happening? Um, mm-hmm. So that's the first thing is that this movie from stage one, I had no clue what was going to happen next, which is great. You know what I mean? A movie should keep you guessing. A movie should keep you on your toes, on the edge of your seat, having no idea what's happening. And that's exactly what Cobweb did for me. You know, Dave said it. It was very well acted. Obviously, you know, Lizzie Kaplan 
uh, Anthony Starr, both did fantastic. Also, um, Brian, who is like the jerk kid, um, is played by oh, yeah. Luke Luke Busey, which is literally Gary Busey's kid. Like, what? even though even though Gary Busey's like ancient, yeah, it's actually his kid. Um, so I, I thought that was that was interesting. I didn't know that he he had he had a he had a kid that young, but he, he does. Um, there you go. Anyways. So that that's really cool. A little little not not in there. You know, the Buseys are uh, a legendary acting family for sure. Um, so in addition to that, you know, you have all these other fantastic people in the film that did so great. Even the, the kid who played uh, Peter, who's like the uh, sort of the main uh, protagonist of the film. Um, his actor is pretty young, but he did fantastic. I have, you know, no critiques of him as an actor. He did fantastic. He he played the yeah, role the, very good. Yeah, the teacher but, was great, too. Yep. Uh, I think her name was Cleopatra Coleman. She did fantastic. Um, you know, she, she plays Mrs. Divine and, you know, just overall, like, I think I cannot think of one person in this movie that did poorly. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can pick out somebody who maybe didn't do so good, but in this movie, quite frankly, everybody did great. You know what I mean? They played their parts perfectly. Um, now one thing I do want to mention that I really, I did not expect it kind of hit me and I'm like, Oh, holy shit is uh, during the movie, you know, you, you, you know, I don't want to give away the whole plot, but basically the gen- general plot synopsis of that, the parents have someone or something um, hidden behind a locked door that is like hit, hiding in the walls. And we're led to believe that it's the main character's sister. So in an attempt to get rid of his parents because they're evil, for lack of a better phrase, um, he poisons them. And, uh, it was just weird because there's a scene where they're sitting down eating pea soup, I think. And like Anthony Starr's like, hmm, this uh, soup is good. It's uh, it tastes a little, they taste a little different. Did you do anything different with the soup this time, honey? And then the mom's like, you know, she looks kind of fr- frantic, but she's like, no, 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 no. It's just, it's the same soup. And well, it does taste different. And the kid's not eating his soup at all. So it's just, it's honestly a little comedic because then they're like, oh shit, the kid poisoned us. Um, yeah, but it was great because it was a it was a yeah. it's a callback because earlier they said something about rats and uh, they were putting down rat poison and the kids like oh it smells like cinnamon he's like oh yeah but it's not cinnamon but then it's like you saw it until you knew what happened with the soup and oh, they're like well what is it what is it what is it what is that smell and then the the, the dad just like looks at the kid and he's like it's cinnamon and like you're like ooh yeah it's like you <laughs> knew where it was going but it was like the payoff was so sweet. Absolutely. And I was just I was like, oh, wait, he said he said it smells like cinnamon. And he looked at the kid and oh, man, it was beautiful how they did. It was great. You know, the parents, they acted. Ex- I mean, like I was not expecting that. Um, you know, this movie had the movie didn't have a lot of gore until like the end. But like you, you didn't really miss it in the beginning because it definitely felt like a par- paranormal movie. But then it quickly turned into a monster movie. Um, yeah. and it was just, it was just so well done. I, I, I am very surprised by this movie, you know, going into it. I did not expect what I got, but what I got, I was very happy with. <laughs> yeah. Like you, like you mentioned, it was wild. Cause it's like, you're watching the movie and you're sitting there like, oh, these parents are horrible, right? These parents are horrible and they are clearly the bad guys here, right? They're, they're, they're it, right? What are they hiding? What are they doing? What do they do with the sister? What do they do with the girl, the missing girl? It's like you thought, oh, they're it. They're it. And then you come to find out that, well, yeah, they were kind of bad, but they were kind of being bad to kind of protect and and hide away something even worse. Yeah. So it's like it's like while they were bad, they weren't the bad. So it's like it's just when you you got to the point that you got, you know, he killed him. You're like, oh, you feel a little relief. You're like, oh, crap okay that might have been a mistake you might have just you know you might have just killed the one defense between you and this other thing and then he's like he th- he's thinking one thing and he's letting it out and you're like oh no no no, don't do it don't do it you know you know something's coming because the mom tells him don't let her out and um and it's like so then it kind of clicks with you that oh crap right this is completely misinterpreted here and you know while they weren't great people there's there's a clear-cut reason why and um and then it really kind of hit the fan from there on out. So 
Yeah, it absolutely did. And I was actually going to mention that, too, is that when the kid, like, kicks the mom down the stairs and she accidentally stabs herself, you know, and she's like, don't let it out. And you're just like, okay, wait a minute. Let's pump the brakes. Like, that was another thing, too, is that I I was so convinced that, like, whatever's behind that door, like, these parents are the ultimate evil. And that is what they lead you to believe for a majority of the movie. And like you said, Dave, you're like, these are the bad guys. I know who I need to hate. But then at that last little moment, she says that and you're like, fuck, pump the brakes. We need to take a step back here. Maybe maybe they're not the bad guys. And then literally no sooner than he opened that door and you see the hair. I'm like, well, shit, there there's there's something. There, there are some, there are some nuts in this shit right here. Let me tell you what, it's about to get nutty, and it really did. the The last like, I would say probably thirty minutes of the movie is just off the rails, <laughs> like yeah. unexpected, and and it was simply because, you know, you're like, holy shit, this this is going into a whole new whole new ballpark for for real. Yeah, it was uh. It was completely crazy. And, um, you know, we won't give away the entire ending and everything associated with it. Right. Um, but then it's even to the point where, hell, you think it has a happy ending kind of, right? This kid's with the, the teacher and it, like you think everything's calmed down. And yeah, not so much. And there's <laughs> even a kind of that cliffhanger moment of there at the end. And it's like, oh, well, it's uh, it's not done. And uh, it was uh, like I said, the entire movie was it, it was very tense. It had you on the edge of your seat, and it's even early on where you kind of you kind of knew where it was going, you you you, or at least you thought you knew where it was going with the parents. And even like you said with the with the soup, it's like you knew. I was like immediately like ah, oh, it's the rat poison, right? I know what he did here, what he's done, and you're like hell yeah, all right. He's he stood up for himself, and then it's like you, you start to feel a little relief from the tension, and then it happens, and it's like oh, then you're just you're kicked back into this tense mode of like oh crap. <laughs> that what did it was like the, the red herring there. So it's and uh, they did a great job of building the tension for this movie and uh, and kind of misleading you and then really laying it on. And uh, it, like I said, it was just it was so creepily shot. Um, everything about it. Right. The the acting just I mean, just the little things. Right. The just the facials, the posturing, the the angles, the lighting um, and, uh, you know, the movie. While, while it had its moments, it wasn't into that that rut of being overly dark, right? With so many movies, it's like the entire movie is just so dark, as in visually dark. And 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 right. it had some moments in this, right? There was some some dark moments where there, obviously there's some nighttime and this and that, but there was other other aspects. And then there was the whole the whole side thing with the like you said that this kid where he's got all that's going on at home, and it, I think it's just to build more sympathy for him where he's being bullied at, at, at school by this other kid and not wanting to go out and recess because he's going to get beat up and the kid smashes his pumpkin. And, and you think there's just, you, you feel so much pity for this kid, but it's all playing into that, that kind of that, that misdirection a little bit. Not that you shouldn't feel sorry for the kid otherwise, but you do, but it was just playing into that. Oh, but you don't pick on the kid, right? Not this kid. Cause he's got all this at home and he's, horrible parents and then it's but it, it all plays it all helped build to that tension of that that eventually floors you whether it goes a different direction um but i, I love the movie i really really enjoyed it uh i would have loved to have seen it in a theater i really think this movie would have really uh really lended itself well to be on the big screen uh, i think it would have been even cooler um i think this will be one of those that i'll watch probably every year around halloween you know, because it's kind of set in that time of year, and I think it fits in perfectly. It's it's a, a fun movie, I think, to put in the rotation. Uh, and I think it'll I think it'll just because it's so well done. I think it'll still be as enjoyable to rewatch uh, every year. And I think this is one of those movies that you get a few years down the road, and I, I think it's probably going to be not saying it's not being appreciated now, but I, I think you give it down the road a little bit. I think it's going to be one of those movies that'll 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 gain a new appreciation when people start saying, "Hey, what about this movie?" You know. Uh, it didn't really knock, you know, knock your socks off at the box office. It didn't have its big release, but, but, but people are going to look at it like, 
this this kind of this hidden gem. And I I foresee it at some point, you know, maybe down the road, who knows, but having a kind of a total resurgence in how it's looked at, um, because it's it's definitely just it's not getting talked about enough uh, in, in the in the in real time right now. Honestly, you know, I just want to kind of hop off of what you just said. I definitely I, I would unfortunately I'd have to agree. I definitely think that this is going to be one of those cult following movies where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say it's going to be the next Evil Dead because obviously Evil Dead has, has defined it's basically defined the term cult following. But it's going to be one of those things where, you know, probably later this year, people are going to start talking about movies that they've watched and they're going to talk about, you know, oh, what's a good movie to watch around Halloween this year? You know what I mean? That's always a, a huge topic of discussion you know on the internet you know what i mean there's there's that moment where everyone's like okay well it's it's spooky season what are we going to watch and i think people are going to start talking about it and i think it's going to get a little bit of hype but like you said this is going to be one of those cult following movies that you know a few years down the line it's going to get a lot more appreciation um yeah but you you know yeah it's usually how the good ones are (laughs) yeah i mean people you know people start talking hey what's some what's some movies I may have missed for 2023. Right. And this, this will probably get some mentions and then there'll come a day in the future where it'll be like, well, what's what, let's look at horror in the 2020s. What's, what was that like in that decade? And what's some hidden, Oh, what about cobweb? Oh yeah. And it's going to be one of those things where it's like, where, where people are looking from the non for the non obvious right now, everybody get you know, you, in the, in the current, you get caught up in all the, the big movies a lot of times. And, and sometimes you miss these kind of movies. Right. And then when you, retrospectively look back and you try to find the hidden gems that slip through the cracks and, and, and that the, you know, the quote unquote lost classic type things. And I think this is one of those movies that'll get that discussion, you know, where people are like, unfortunately, I think there'll be plenty of people that even when you're looking back at 2023 at the end of the year, the beginning of next year, and people are, you know, looking at a horror in the year as a whole. And they're going to, there's going to be a lot of people. It's like, Oh yeah, I remember hearing about that, but I didn't see it. I didn't get to see it. I'm going to, I'll give it a watch now. And um, and I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised because, you know, I mean, I, I again, I think I don't know. I just think if it had a little more push behind it, I mean, talk to me is very it's very successful right now. Right. It's kind of it's kind of a hidden hidden gem that's got its exposure. Right. Because it's, it's it's out there and it's doing well and people are realizing it. And I, I really think Cobweb could have done the same thing had it been on more screens. I think it would have been one of those. You know, it didn't have the big marketing push, but once you got it out there, people start seeing it. You get that word of mouth, and it would have, it would have done well, I think, well enough in theaters to kind of been a, a hidden gem. And I, you know, I don't know. I don't know the reasoning behind why it didn't get a, biz- a bigger release. I'm sure there's a whole business side to it that I'm just I, whatever. That I, I get it, right? Not everything can can get the big blockbuster push, but it just felt like this one was really, really underwhelming with the release. I mean, there was nothing out there. And it's like I couldn't even find a theater, you know, that within an hour's drive to see it. It just it just felt really, really odd, even less than the normal, you know, on these limited run movies. It, it I mean, hell, I had an easier time going to see in the limited run resurgence of Terrifier than I did this. And it was it was just really it's kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's I mean, it, you feel like that. If you're going to put it in a theatrical run, there's kind of a you give it a, a little bit of a chance or you just put it straight on a streaming service. But this kind of it was in this weird zone of its own where it's like, how oh, are we going to put it in a few theaters, but not very many, not really a limited run, just a just a whisper run. You know, and it's like it was really peculiar. And um, I don't know. I think they either should have put a little more, a little more behind it and gave it a little more theatrical run or just and went straight to streaming with it and, and did a big push on streaming because I, I think this movie, I mean, it's video on demand now. If it gets, you know, if it secures up somewhere on a, on a streaming service, I think that's when you're going to see this thing really taking a bump. And people are going to be like, you know, oh, what's this? I'm going to watch this now. And that's where you'll see the resurgence probably is when people can watch it and come across it on a streaming service. And uh, I don't know. It was peculiar. But I very, very, very much enjoyed the movie. And uh, like you said, it's I mean, it's definitely I think it's as of now a very strong contender for top 10 for the year. Um, 
as it stands right now, given that we're just a little over halfway through the year, it it might be knocking on that top five for the first half of the year for me. It's a it was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. Now, I don't know whether that'll hold out for over the course of the entire year because we got got some, you know, some big movies still to come and then, you know, more sleepers that'll that will that will watch. Uh, but this this definitely has that potential to be that sleeper hit for us. Uh, we talked, yeah. you know, like last year, we talked about Deadstream a lot. That was kind of that sleeper, sleeper top five pick for us. And I don't know, Cobweb so far could be in that discussion of that, that sleeper, that sleeper pick for us for this year. So uh, I very much enjoy Absolutely. it. So let's rank this thing, Ike, out of uh, out of five screams. What are you giving Cobweb? So I, you know, we always talk about the, the our grading scale. Um, we talked about it in length last episode because there's a certain <laughs> someone who doesn't know how to rate movies. Um, so in my opinion, I, I like, like you said, it's definitely a sleeper movie for me. It's really good. It it is not your typical movie. I don't know if I can put it on the same level as like a terrifier two or a skinner but it is definitely near that. So I'm going to have to give it a three and a half out of five. Yep. I am. I'm in total agreement. That's what it is for me. It's a three and a half. It's, it's not. Uh, it's it's more enjoyable than your standard fun movie, uh, which we talked the baseline three there, right? That's kind of the we enjoyed the movie, but it's yeah nothing nothing super special, but it's but it's enjoyable enough. Uh, but yet, like you said, it's not on that uh, that groundbreaking, uh, you know, really really over the top great kind of movie. You know, that's a, that's a, that would be a four plus, uh, but it's definitely it's a three and a half. And I it's like I said, I, I use it a lot, but it's it is a strong three and a half for me. It is. I mean, it's not like I'm I'm gifting it a three and a half just to, to put set up. I mean, it's 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 earned that three and a half for me. And it at least gave me moment to pause and think, is there enough here for it to be a four? And then I'm like, yeah, not really. So it at least it at least made me take a moment to to give it a thought. And it just didn't it didn't hold that water for me. But uh, but it's like I said, it's a strong three and a half. Yeah, uh, and absolutely. I, I really Really, really enjoyed it. Um, and, and again, unless there's just, you know, a handful of, of sleeper movies that we're not aware of that's going to sneak in the rest of the year, um, you know, I think this is going to, it might hang in there as a top 10 movie for us for the year. But, uh, but who knows? There's a long, still a long road to go. I mean, we, we've still got some, some good movies to come. Uh, you know, The Nun 2, I mean, and, and Saul and, uh, and then, like I said, there's always there's always those sleeper movies that we that we're not really anticipating or not aware of that, that come in there. So who knows? But as of now, uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's strongly in the top 10 so far for the year. So. Absolutely. Would have to agree with I, you, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I sat there and kind of wondered through most of the movie. I'm like, why is this movie called Cobweb? And then I know there was somewhere where she there's a line where she says something about. I don't know what she said, something about the cobwebs in the shadows or something like that. And yeah, she mentions it. So I'm like, ah, okay. So that's where they're pulling it from. And this is based on what's this based on? It's based on, I think on a telltale heart is what they, I read. Um, really? Yeah. I think that's what they said. So yeah, there you go. A little, a little, uh, inform- I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere that it's just kind of loosely based on a telltale heart, but it, uh, like I said, fun movie, enjoyable movie, definitely one that I will rewatch. Uh, you know, over time, uh, it's not one that I will that I've I've will have viewed and forgotten. It'll it'll definitely get like I said this this fits right in there for a Halloween rewatch because you know it's like I said it it has that great Halloween vibe to it a, a very real Halloween vibe and feel to it because it's it's obviously set at Halloween but uh right. it, it nailed it it nailed it without trying to be hokey and over the top with it you know and and forcing it in there it it felt very very cool so there you have it. There's our review of Cobweb. It is available on video on demand, so support the movie. Uh, go ahead and get that and watch it. I think you'll enjoy it. Like we said earlier, next episode, we are going to watch uh, Subject on Screenbox. So if you would like to join us in that discussion, give it a watch. Uh, it comes out, what did we say? It, came, it comes out on August 22nd. So uh, we still got a little bit of time until it comes out, and it comes out next week. Uh, but give it a watch before we drop this episode so that you can follow along in our review. And like I said earlier, make sure you follow us on all of our social media platforms. If there is a an outlet there, we're on it. Just look up Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two, and Screams 
And make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. And if uh, if available, give us a rating and a review that helps us with those algorithms on those platforms and uh, helps us out with our exposure. And when you follow us on social media, make sure you share when we put these episodes out, help us spread and network and get our voices heard. Uh, like we said, we are we are your friends in horror. So help us make more friends and gain more listeners. So Ike, before we close this out and put a lid on it, anything else you want to throw in the episode? Um, I, I think my only thing is is that uh, you know if uh, if you if you've learned anything from this podcast today, of course, um, watch Cobweb. If you meet somebody online, don't let them take your kidneys. And uh, Amazon Prime Video sucks. Uh, the app does. So I think I think that's the three main takeaways. Yes. Amen. And uh, we're on the we're we're on the cusp of the, the official spooky season. Right. I know that's right. Some people some people subscribe to the hey, once Fourth of July is over, it's there. Uh, there's people like us where it's ah, it's, a, it's a little bit of the spooky season all year. Uh, you know, with we, we, we like to watch and talk horror movies all year round. But I try to I try to contain my seasonal excitement a little bit. And for me, uh, once it hits September 1st, it's just all bets are off. I, I'm I'm decorating. I am I am whatever. I'm singing pumpkin carols and I'm I'm just pumpkin spice all the time. There was a thing on Twitter that one of those one of those Twitter accounts that you know supports podcasts or whatever they they retweet a lot of things, right? You know, one of those type deals. They had a post out there saying um, if you could describe what your podcast smells like, what would it be? And I responded immediately because I thought. If I had to describe what our podcast smells like, I think it would smell like scotch and pumpkin spice. So <laughs> that's at least what it smells like on my end. So, but uh, it, good it, times. Right like, now it's a little sweaty in my room. It smells a little sweaty. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's it's hot down here. Well, <laughs> I'm glad that's on your side, not on my side. So, but uh, yeah, so uh, we we like to say Spooktober is a year-round event, but the official the official worldwide acceptance of spooktober is is just right around the bend and i am so excited and uh so let's get out of here and like we said next week we're going to talk subject which will be available on Screenbox. and until then wherever you go and whatever you do be good be safe and have many pleasant nightmares <laughs> <laughs>